This is the Business Storytelling Podcast with Christoph Trapp, available on Google, Spotify, Apple, Pandora, and other podcast channels. Want to play it on your iPhone? Just ask Siri to play the Christoph Trapp Business Storytelling Podcast, also available on Alexa. Here's Christoph with today's episode. And I have to tell you, this is a redo, and I don't like redos. I'm too busy for WeDo's. My guests are too busy for WeDo's. But here's the reality when it comes to podcasting and live streaming. Sometimes stuff doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, we just got to roll with it, you know, and we're going to talk about it. We're actually talking about why brand stories must also include failures. And I can tell you, it was not my guest's fault. It was my fault. The last episode we recorded was a failure. It sounded horrible. And you might know about this about me. I have a high tolerance for imperfection. I really do. Like if I'm stumbling and mumbling and blah, 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 and I don't like my American accent for the day, grew up in Western Europe, my friends, in case you didn't know that, I'm okay with it. I'll move on from it. But this one, it was horrible. I couldn't hear myself. Uh, I couldn't hear my guests. So good example of why brand stories must include failures and you need to share them. So here's my reaction. Here's my solution. Now I got a mic. See my mic in front of me? It's right here. Um, and that was really the biggest solution, quite frankly. Get a better mic. I think I was using um, something else, AirPods, which sometimes they work. But enough about me, enough about my failures. Let's get to the failures of our guests. Just kidding. But the guest today, Matthew would get with Go Narrative, um, his book. I'm highlighting that over on Amazon as well. Check that out. Um, quick read, interesting read about the brand storytelling. Let's get him out of the green room and thank him for coming back on the show with us. Thank you so much, Matthew. Thank you, Christoph. It's my pleasure. And you know what? I think this is great. This is wonderful. We're talking about stories, including failure, and we had a failure. I mean, this is perfect. This is the universe giving us an opportunity to role model what we're talking about here. So I think it's really, really Fantastic. And I'm glad to be back and I'm glad to be having the conversation. I'm sure we're going to go even deeper and have an even more fun this time. I'm sure we can. But basically what you're saying is you're glad that I screwed up. Yeah. Why not? Come on. That's how we learn, right? <laughs> that That is how we learn. And, and sometimes here's the other thing, too, when it comes to technology, we don't always know what caused the problem. Because here's the thing. I use my AirPods. It's they're right here. I used my AirPods for plenty of episodes before. And this one time it didn't work. I don't know why it didn't work, but I've done, I don't know, probably 150 episodes with AirPods. So now we know. Okay, but we want to talk about you tweeted about um why brands need to tell stories that also include failure. So instead of saying, Hey, I'm the best, blah, blah, blah. I'm, you know, I'm I'm taking podcasting to the next level, Matthew. Um, why, you know. Why do I have to include failures and why is that so hard and how do we do it? You know, Christoph, and, and thanks for everybody for listening in live or listening to the podcast as well. Really hope you get something out of this. And hopefully we can continue the conversation on Twitter, LinkedIn, um, after the fact as well. This is an essential part of brand storytelling, of storytelling in general, right? And my, my favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes from one of our favorite little green people, Yoda, is that fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering. 
And of course, he one of our favorite little green fellas, because now we've got Grogu, right? <laughs> Baby Yoda as well. And I was thinking about this quote, and I was thinking about failure and thinking about how important it is to storytelling. And I thought, hey, you know what? Failure leads to learning. Learning leads to change. And change leads to progress. And this podcast is a perfect example of that. You know, Christoph, you've taken we had a failure last time and you said, you know what? I'm going to approach it differently this time and we're going to we're going to make sure that it's solid and you've got that knowledge now moving forward. And the thing is with storytelling, I like to view storytelling as a value problem, right? Value, what do I mean by that? What's valuable? Information, useful information. Like the reason why storytelling is so deeply interwoven into how our brains work is because hundreds of thousands of years ago on the African savanna, we needed to know where the water was, the shelter was, the lions were, the edible berries, the poisonous berries, so on and so forth. All valuable, right? Valuable information. And so stories are the vehicle to transmit that information. And we've evolved over time for that to be our preferred method of delivering value. And the best way to, to, learn, about, to learn about value is to learn about where the lions were by tripping over those lions or eating the poisonous berry. And then we came up with stories to tell about that. And, you know, that's where it started. And today we're going to talk about, you know, from a brand perspective, but that's it. Failure. Failure is the inciting incident for all stories and it helps us get better and change in the future. But why? So certainly, I mean, you don't have to convince me or I'm hopefully not anybody else here on the listening to the show that we need to tell brand stories and we need to get out there and we need to stay in front of people. And the other thing is that's getting harder and harder, quite frankly. I mean, now we got live streams and podcasts and, you know, who still reads articles? Well, people do, but people skim them, right? So, but telling failures, like something didn't work well, I think that's still hard for a lot of brands, especially when I grew up in marketing, you know, back back in the day, we're not going to tell anybody how old I am. But basically, you know, like it, marketing wasn't about telling failures. Marketing was about telling how awesome we are. I mean, take a look at my my hair today. I mean, you know, this is how you wear your hair on, on a podcast, right? I mean, I'm perfect. So how do we how do we make that move and how far do we push it uh, of the things we share? Yeah, marketing's evolved, right? Marketing has changed a lot since the, the Don Draper days. And it's changed because it's become a part of what we do and who we are as a culture far beyond what it was before. And when that happens, it gets adopted and it gets noisy, right? To your point about all the different channels, all those channels have got messages in them. It's why we work with our clients, not just to help them with their storytelling, but to create a strategic narrative. So all those little bits of information all accrue back up with a golden thread back up to what that narrative is. And so, you know, back when you know, in the good old days of marketing, like, like you say, Christoph, it was all about promotion, promoting what you do. But at the end of the day, there's always been an aspect of a different life. Even if you go back to those, all the way back to the Mad Men examples, and you look at the advertising that came out of the, the 1950s, the 1960s, it's still focused on that aspect of change, being better in some way, whether it was makeup, being prettier, whether it was uh, perfume or, or cologne and, and smelling better, or it was buying a, a new fleet of trucks 
for your business, to be more effective, to go further, faster and deliver more products. All of those things are predicated on something not being right, right now. Something's not working, right? Something can be better. And failure is the representation of things not being great. And whilst we can upgrade anything in our life or business to make it a little bit better, Note when we know there's something that we're doing wrong, we absolutely need to make make a change that fixes that. And that's and that's something that also we'll, I want to talk about empathy with you today and, and the bis, the human side of business. But all marketing is about positioning a different that people to recognize where they're doing something wrong today and how they can do it in a way that's going to be better for them. Yeah, and I mean, if you think about it too, like most products, right, as you said, they they do solve a problem, maybe even a failure in the system that already exists. I mean, when you think about Uber, why is Uber existing? Why is Lyft existing, which is kind of just copying Uber, right? But why why is it existing? Because the guys that started it couldn't find a cab in Paris, you know? And so there was there was a failure in the system. It wasn't about them, right? They tried to solve it. And maybe that's part of the reason why it's so difficult sometimes When you talk about your failures, how did you solve it? So, for example, do most people on the show, do they care about that we had a, a terrible audio show? Uh, maybe not, right? Unless they listened to it and they, they, they were, you know, their ears were hurting. But many people listening and watching the show, I mean, I see it on Amazon, what they click on, right? They click on this mic. They click on the light. I know they're trying to do some of these things themselves. So they want to know what's the best mic? What's the best setup? What's whatever, Right. So they can learn actually from, you know, what, what I've learned. So. So in their marketing, I mean, don't you think? Absolutely. You know, a place where a really great place to start with this is in the space of social proof. So when I was back at Microsoft, I, I was in a chief storytelling role for one of the business units and one of my responsibilities was the creation of all the case studies and the showcase videos for a certain set of Microsoft customers. And when I took over that responsibility, I was delivered the classic kind of infrastructure for case studies and the classic approach that most companies use for case studies. And that is problem, solution, benefit, which is actually not a bad set of things to tackle, right? Problem, solution, benefit. The problem with this approach is that companies tend to move very, very quickly into what they're doing. So they they skirt, as we say in England, they skirt through the problem, right? They talk about it in the context, already knowing where they're gonna get to, talking about their products. And this example here was at Microsoft. And then they rapidly get into all the products that we used and then the benefits, the performance benefits. And so when I looked at this, I was like, well, we're not really connecting with the customers. This serves a purpose. It's the details of the solution, but we've got white papers, right? We've got the, the evidence of how, you know, how the systems work and the, the performance benefits. And there's some elements of that that we might want to keep in these case studies, but we could use these case studies, these customer stories across much more of the sales funnel, right? From the Bring them earlier on into those conversations, leverage those stories if we can talk about the heart and soul of these companies. And so what I did is I changed the flow and I changed it to why, how, what. So why is this company doing what it does in the first place? 
what's their purpose? What are they trying to bring to the planet? Are they, tr- are they making something better, faster? Are they helping people in a certain way? Are they delivering a certain thing? What is it that they're doing? Why are they doing that? And then as a part of that, there's challenges they're having. Maybe they've made mistakes. Maybe they've made problems. Maybe they've tried a certain direction and it didn't work out. But really getting to the heart of the matter. Because when we do that, there's something about a, the aspect of storytelling. When we hear somebody struggling, we want to go to we want to go into their corner. We want to go to bat for them. We want to support them. And we can start to see ourselves in them. And what is that? What have I just described? Empathy. Empathy really is the gateway drug to getting into getting into you know, storytelling into business. And so when you start with why, you you're really tilling the earth and preparing people to be receptive. And then you talk about how, how do they try to go about solving this problem, these mistakes that they made? And then what did they do to actually do it? And that's where you start to bring the product stuff in. So you can still keep it there. Nobody's saying, I'm not saying, don't talk about your products, but it's a time and a place and a sequencing of these things. And if you start with a why and you start with those problems they have, you're gonna engage the people who are consuming the case study, whether it's a written one, a video, a tweet, whatever it is, you've got an opportunity to engage your audience in a much more profound and deep way. Yeah, so I w- I'm I'm glad you finished the way you finished there on that that segment because I was immediately going to jump on you a little bit, Matthew, on on um, case studies and you know not on you personally, but the people who create these case studies. Please stop. People sending me case studies, three columns on a piece of paper on my computer. Have they not used computers before? Who reads in columns on a computer? Do they think I want to print it? I do have an old school printer back there that I try not to use. But my where I'm going with this, yes, I'm not a fan of those old school case studies, but I am a fan of using all the content that we can share and then figure out how do we reach people and how do they want to connect it. And you kind of hinted at that at the end there, you know, whether you sent them a PDF, which don't do not send me a PDF, anybody, and especially if it has more than one column, quite frankly, which is horrible to read on my phone. And I'm on my phone a lot of times. Currently, we're not traveling, but when we're traveling, you know, that's how I read my stuff or even the iPad, which is a little bit better. But, um, you know, you have to figure out a way to get the content in front of people wherever they are. And that's social. That's, you know, on the websites. Websites are not going away. I just did a talk yesterday. And, you know, my first tip for these local businesses was you got to have a website, period, like a WordPress site get it set up, you know, and then then share your successes and share your uh, share the things you're solving. Um, so when we talk about empathy, so though, how do we like how do we build that into our um, our workflow? How do I, I mean, I, I'm never sitting here and I go, um, wh- you know, how should I be empathetic today? Like never like doesn't cross my mind. So how do I build that into my workflow into me thinking about what content I should produce. And do you know what I mean? Like, how do I, how do I go from there? Absolutely. My, my parents were a big fan of saying, never judge somebody until you've walked a mile in their shoes. And then my father would always say, because then you're a mile away and you've got their shoes. Uh, but but the, 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 the fundamentals here are putting yourself in somebody's shoes. That's the beginning of empathy. And how do you do that as a business? Well, one of the things we do with our clients is we've got a process called the TRIP Storytelling Framework. 
which isn't in that book. We're, we're actually working on a, another book, uh, which will include much more of this. But we, the TRIPS is about taking your customers on a journey, right? A trip, a journey. And it's, it's also an acronym. So transformational, reasons to believe, innovation, problems, and stories. That problems step, what we do in that problem step is we say, okay, you've got somebody who's looking to try and capitalize or navigate or deal with the transformation that's happening in the world for their business, for their job, for their life, for their family, whatever that change is. And the reasons to believe talks about the facts and the innovation is what your secret source is, your lightsaber to stick with the Star Wars analogies there. But P, the problems. And what we do with our clients with the problems, we say, okay, what are the problems that at the beginning, the middle and the end of trying to navigate this transformation? And I won't go too, into too much detail about that, but the act of working through what those problems are is the beginning of putting yourself in your customer's shoes. This is an outside-in effort where you're thinking, this person, family, organization, company, whatever it is, the problem, when you really dig into that and you think about the initial problems and the problems that crop up as you try and deal with the problem, you're really thinking from their perspective and you're putting yourself in their shoes. And that's a very practical, very easy way to get started with this immediately um, to get access to that empathy. Sounds sounds easier than it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a process and it takes time to, like I said, we're getting too deep into the problems aspect now, but yeah, it, but that's the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, it's, uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, the, the point really what I'm taking away is, you know, how are we keeping that top of mind? What are we doing for the customer? How do we, you know, solve their problems? And how do we even, not just solve their problems, but how do we understand their problems? How do we know what's going on? And, you know, do they even care? Um, so, for example, not all failures are worth sharing, right? I mean, let's put aside that um, it doesn't feel good to some executives and some teams. But let me give you an example. If we, this is the a storytelling podcast. So I know people are trying to figure out how do they live stream how their podcast. So they care about what mic I have. They might care about what, uh, what mic I have, what light I might have, and all those different things. But if this podcast was about, I don't know, you know, something else not related to that industry, they don't care about that failure. They're not going to learn. So you kind of have to make sure the failures we talk about, they're also of relevance for your audience. Absolutely. And that's why it's, it's all about the, the right mission that somebody's trying to go through and then working through that and looking at the problems that crop up there that are contextual. But Christoph, you also mentioned something particularly interesting there about executives and companies not wanting to talk about failure. And that's another thing, right? The, the sanitization of a company and the, uh, there's a there's an example, a story that I really like on this. It's a it's a B two C, you know, so it's a consumer example, and it's and it's Domino's. To be fair, I'm more likely to to get pizza from a local a local pizza place than a, one of the big chains. Domino's responded to their customers' negative feedback about their pizzas tasting like cardboard, and they actually embraced it. And they, they, they embraced it so much, they ran a campaign, they asked questions of their audience, they got feedback, they engaged their audience, and they used that to actually improve their product and, and deepen the relationship, deepen the 
customer experience by doing that. And so that's a really good example of a relevant problem that a company acknowledged, they used an outreach to learn more and they and improve their products. And so I think it's a really great example, even if you're in B2B, of, and there's there's actually quite a lot of examples of companies that have done good jobs here. And, you know, we won't go into too many today because we've got limited time. But pay attention to that. Look to the companies that admit that they're not perfect. How do you feel about that company? Because fundamentally, business is a, is a is a is human to human. Whether you're buying a a consumer product or you're buying a, a an enterprise cloud solution. You're buying it from people and from the companies and what they represent. Uh, and, and so there's, like I said, there's, I'm happy to talk about other examples as well, but the Domino's one is a really good example of end-to-end -end embracing that failure and using it to be a better company and to engage with the audience and to use and to tell great stories based on that as well. So what's interesting about that, first of all, it is human to human. I mean, no doubt in my mind. And people always forget about that, right? Because, oh, my goodness, you don't have B2C experience. Oh, my goodness, you don't have B2B experience. And it is human to human. Now, the biggest difference when it comes to B2B, in my experience, honestly, is you have to convince more humans, right? So, for example, I'm wearing the New York Yankees hat today, mm -hmm. right? And you only have to convince me to buy another hat. Do I really need another hat? No, I don't. But you only really have to convince me, and then I might have to argue with my wife over why do I need another hat? I only got one hat to wear it on. But at the end of the day, right, in B2B, you got to convince buying committees, like the family buying model. So certainly um, that's something to keep in mind. Um, but, but there is a fine line, right? Because if I have too many failures, why would you work with me? Um, so what's like that, you know what I'm saying? Like if, if all I ever share is, Oh, we had this failure. Oh, we overcame it. Oh, whatever. Like at some point, you might not be the right fit because all you all you have is is a failure. Yeah, there's 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 a spectrum, right? And it's a really fun way of getting you to be very focused on each slide that you were presenting. And their whole philosophy was have at least a key point for that slide as, as a part of your story. And so there's a bigger process they went through. But the fun thing that I want to share right now that they shared is they said, when you're trying to figure out that key point, there's two things. One is it has to be third grade English or whatever language understanding to understand it. Right. Super simple. And the second is start with the controversial. If you need to. Use swear words, you know, get all high energy for yourself. We're not talking about the final product, but start there and then dial back. It's much easier to start with something extreme and dial it back than to take little kind of safe little steps and try and get to an innovative place. So when you think about failure, think about all your failures. Think about the failures of your customers. Use that as an anchor to draw you in the direction of thinking about the problems that exist and how you help people with those problems and the problems that you've overcome. Many businesses out there, the, the enterprises aside, and even the enterprises started here, but medium businesses, small businesses, and definitely all the entrepreneurs out there generally created a product or a solution to something they experienced as a problem. It's why I got into this business. I wouldn't be surprised if it's why you got into the, this business, Christoph. So 
look to your failures as a source of inspiration for how you can talk about the changes and the problems you help people navigate in the world. It doesn't mean you have to talk about all your failures. You don't have to expose all, all of that to the world, but start there in your own little bubble so you can you can really push yourself to think think extreme and then dial it back from there. Absolutely. And the other thing is, I mean, it's so boring. To the story, that's just how awesome we are. That just talks about how great we are and we don't do anything wrong, and look at us, we're winning. You have to over, I mean, that's basic storytelling, quite frankly, right? You have to start with something that draws you in, something that happened, and then you overcome it. Um, but what if you don't overcome it? Is that, um, what about a story that's only a failure, and you, you always have to overcome it at the end of the story, or how do you feel about that? Well, you don't have to. There's the, uh, the, 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 the seven types of story which became popularized. There's all, as you know, right? There's all these different story frameworks and there's some really wonderful ones. And the, in the seven types of story that, you know, one of them is tragedy. I was actually just reading last night. I was reading, um, I, was fi I finished off uh, uh, Wired for Story by Lisa Cron. Really great book. I also, by the way, recently read Will Storr's The Science of Storytelling. The thing I love about both of these books is they, they, they really get to the fundamentals of how our brains work and how society works and how storytelling relates to those things. I love the fundamentals. I love kind of getting under, you know, it's probably my engineering background, getting under the, you know, under the, the, the bonnet, the hood. As they say in the as we say in the US, and and looking at how it works, and and Lisa Cron in one of the last chapters of the book, she she does talk about the example of Romeo and Juliet, right? Where where Romeo takes the poison to kill himself because he thinks Juliet has poison has killed her, and then she wakes up because it was actually a sleeping potion. So we have tragedy now. Tragedy in business, uh, not necessarily a place you need to go to. The hero's journey is leverage in business a lot. It's, it's a very usable framework. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily encourage people to, to tell tragedy stories in business, um, but that's something you as a team can talk about, right? You can use that in your teams to talk about your failures and your extreme failures, and then you can actually use those to change your, your direction as a business. And now we're getting into some business strategies, strategic narratives, and so on. Um, but yeah, that, that would be a tragedy, and, and you don't have to tell tragedies. That's not what we're saying today. <laughs> Absolutely. Very interesting. And guys, if you are wondering what we're doing here on the screen, if you're watching, so I'm producing this with Switcher Studio. Check that out. It's an iPad app. So if you're watching and you see me on my iPad, that's how we're producing this. Um, SwitcherStudio.com, Trap One, first month off. I don't know. What do you think of this this um, screen share, Matthew? Now I got you in a little box and um, I'm in a big it. one. I love just, it. It's fantastic. You can do it all on there. And actually, I can move the picture of of Matthew around. Let's see if I can do that here while we're live on the air. So watch. So now, boom, where did it go? No, I can't do it like that. Okay. Anyway, that's kind of how you do it. And then, by the way, if you're wondering how we get to all these different channels, restream.io uh, forward slash join forward slash C-Trap. Check them out. Definitely appreciate those two companies. Uh, partnering with me on producing these live shows. And it sounds like the audio is going well today. So tragedy, I mean, tragedy doesn't happen all that much, quite frankly, right, in, in businesses. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about like these little, um, I mean, considerably smaller failures, right? And we just don't want it to be so market, marketing gobbledygooked up, right? That's kind of the, the main takeaway, I guess. 
Yeah, I, you, we've talked a lot today about uh, brand stories, brand marketing, case studies, those types of things. In those cases, tragedy is not really a good fit. But I tell you a place where tragedy is a good fit, and that is origin stories. The why this company exists in the first place, right? And and in doing so, you can you can leverage that to then parlay into talking about your brand story. So my I, I, I had a failure that led to Go Narrative, a couple of failures, and I had a tragedy that led to Go Narrative. So the failure the failure was I was actually about to leave Microsoft a job externally and then was offered a job internally by a previous general manager who had moved into a different division at Microsoft, Fred Studer, super great guy, now CMO of Tibco. And he also it was to be chief storyteller for Microsoft Dynamics. There also was some in car guys. So that was, you know, I couldn't say no, let's put it that way. But I sat down, the first day on the job, I was like, okay, what, I, I, I love storytelling, but this is the first time I've formally done it in a role. It's very much a new type of, new type of job. Uh, first thing I do when I sit down in any new venture is I looked for frameworks, right? Are there frameworks I can use? And then I can bring those in, I can coach the team, I can help the team make, it, make the most of this thing and be more successful. I was super excited. I was like, ah, oh, this is gonna be great. This is gonna be, you know, I wouldn't say necessarily easy, right? Because no job is easy, but I, was, I felt probably more confident than I'd ever been when I sat down in a new job. Oh, Christoph, boy, was I mistaken. I just couldn't find, I couldn't find what I was looking for. I found loads of great, like the, the hero's journey, the Pixar advice. Anthropology and transformation kind of approach. Um, I found uh, Bowieson in the personal storytelling. Uh, I think it was around about that time I, I started to, to follow um, you and Park Howell as well. What I couldn't find is I couldn't find any of the frameworks I was looking for to help the product marketing team in that organization get better at storytelling. And, and so that was my first failure. And it really forced me to think about the big picture of business storytelling and how to pull the, I like to say, you know, the business the engine of the business and the caboose of storytelling. And I was kind of holding those two things together. So that was my, that was my first, first failure in terms of getting into, this, getting into this business. I then became super inspired as a storytelling coach within Microsoft, which inspired me to leave and start my own company. But I tell you, when, when you've been at Oringa for the best part of 20 years, I was at Intel, then Microsoft, it's really, really hard to leave. Because you've got golden handcuffs, you've got healthcare, you've got all this kind of stuff. We had a new baby and all that kind of stuff as well. But I, was, I at that time, I was inspired to, like, I could help Microsoft, I could help some other companies, but I was scared. It was, how am I going to do this? This is a big change. It's a big, you know, it's a big shift in my life. Well, in 2015, I got the call that no expat wants to get on from the other side of the world, which has been a horrible accident. And my parents were both killed. And so the family tragedy that that represented for, for me and my sisters and our extended family was um, profound and, and took a long time to you know, integrate and to get through. It was, it was a, a time of great strife, but it also lit a fire under me. It lit a fire under me to go in and actually start Go Narrative. So granted, that tragedy wasn't a business choice tragedy, right? But it was a tragedy and it started, it really lit the blue touch paper to get me going on the path where I am now. And so that's my example, that's my story, but there's a lot, any entrepreneurial business, any of the kind of small businesses out there, there's often something that went wrong tragically that, that they then 
changed and, and, and addressed to create their business. And even quite frankly, if you go back and you look at Look at what now we've talked about Microsoft a lot today because it's a big part of my story, my history. You look at the the first the first application that Bill Gates created was a traffic monitoring application, which are common now. Google Maps, right? You can just see all the traffic, Bing Maps. You can see the traffic that didn't used to exist. And their first um, application, the first program they wrote to do that was a total failure, right? And it ended up leading to the creation of um, a different product, which was Microsoft DOS. Uh, for the I IBM PC, and, and then that created Microsoft. So there's often a tragic failure that happened where people thought all was lost. You're not going to necessarily use those in case studies. You're not necessarily going to use those in your brand stories every day, but you can tap into them in the right way. And so that would be a way that you can use tragedy in your own business. And the other thing that's interesting to me, honestly, is the whole notion of, you know, oh my God, what's on the, my goodness, what's on the other side? Of course, the, it's the grass is not always greener, but I remember when I played football, you know, I mean, it was hard for us to even think about, oh my goodness, what are we going to do after football? You know, what if you move on? And of course you don't play football forever and ever, right? Especially, I mean, competitively, just because there's a limit to what your body can take. Um, fantastic discussion. Really appreciate you coming on the show again, Matthew. I think it sounded much better this time. Um, I hope it did. We had a good turnout over here on um, all the different channels, LinkedIn, Amazon Live, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, the podcast channel will, the podcast version will go live in a little bit as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you. Christoph, thank you so much for having me on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening in and send us your questions. Love to, to continue the conversation offline. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone, for watching and listening. Until next time. I'm currently accepting requests for future virtual and on-site keynotes and workshops. In 2020 alone, I've spoken in Singapore and Istanbul, virtually of course, thanks COVID. I can't wait to get back on the road. And if we still can't get on the road in 2021, I would be happy to speak at your event virtually. Please reach out to me, ctrap at gmail.com or authenticstorytelling.net.